0: podcast or follow it kind of depends on the software you're using but use your favorite podcast software whether it's apple podcast amazon music or the iHeartRadio app Also, today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis using the Zelle app to box 13 at greatdetectives.net. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. The original air date, September the 6th, 1950, and the title is Chromite Mine Disaster.
1: Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations.
2: Trouble. But when I walk into the Commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to end up with me trying my best to blast myself right out of existence. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning, Steve. Well, what kind of a deal are you sending me on this time, Commissioner? Steve, ever hear of chromite? Chromite? Sure, that's the mineral they use in the manufacture of steel,
3: isn't it? Yes, and right now we need all the chromite we can get. Take a look at this map, Steve. Mm -hmm. See this small country in the Balkan area? Yep. There's a large chromite mine there, near the small village of Dravna, up in the mountains Mm -hmm. near the border, right beside this pass into the next country. These two countries, incidentally are pretty unfriendly right now.
2: Oh, great. One of those deals, huh?
3: Yes, but the point is, we've made an agreement with this small country permitting us to operate that mine. We get chromite, and our money helps put them back on their feet.
2: Oh, sounds like a cozy little arrangement.
3: It was, until things started happening recently. Mm, what kind of things? In the last week, two mine workers have been found hanging at the end of a chain. Oh, sounds like somebody doesn't want us to operate that mine, Commissioner. Steve, there's more to this story than I've told you, but I want you to hear it firsthand. Who from? A man named Getnick, he's the mine foreman, and he's waiting for you in the city of Larno. That's where your plane lands. Now, get over there, Steve, find out who's behind all this, and then smash them. We've got to keep that mine operating. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: Dangerous assignment will continue in a moment.
4: Now, here is the Wheaties' man, Frank Martin. Making beds or making money, get your energy when you need it, first thing in the morning. You know you do most of your day's work before noon? Most people do. That's why you want to try Breakfast of Champions and see what a difference it can make in your morning. Wheaties and milk and fruit. Have some. Because here's whole wheat energy to help work go smoother, faster, easier. Here are whole wheat vitamins, minerals, and protein, too. Here's generous nourishment, because there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Yes, there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's why Wheaties have so much, for folks with things to do and places to go. That's how Wheaties can do so much for you. Tomorrow morning, get yours. See yourself how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11.
2: Sure. I've got my assignment. All I have to do is fly to a trouble spot in the Balkans, talk to a mine foreman named Getnick, and find out why a few assorted mine workers are winding up with chains around their necks. I get all the easy ones. Well, it's Tuesday when my plane lands at Larno, and I head for Getnick's house.
5: Yes?
2: Oh, are you Mrs. Getnick?
5: Yes, what do you want? I'm
2: Steve Mitchell from the United States. I'd like to talk to your husband. Why? Why, I understand he's the foreman of a chromite mine up in the mountains near the village of Dravna. I'd like to talk to him about the things that have been happening up there lately, the men that they've found hanged by chains.
5: I'm afraid my husband cannot tell you much about that, Mr. Mitchell. Why not? This morning, he was found hanging from the end of a chain, dead. What? Oh, I'm sorry. You are sorry. That is nice. I am sorry. And Anton? He is dead. Mrs. Getnick... He did not believe in the curse of the castle. He found out too late. It is true.
2: What do you mean, the curse of the castle?
5: Above the mine, right on top of the mountain, stands a deserted castle. The legend is that one day, hundreds of years ago, the baron who lived there was found hanging from a chain. It's been a curse on those mountains ever since. Oh,
2: I see. <laughs> Uh, look, Mrs. Getnick, that kind of a legend is something that superstitious mountain villagers like to scare each other with on winter nights. But you, living here in the city, surely you don't believe... I was
5: born in those mountains, Mr. Mitchell. Those are my people. I tell you that curse still lives. If it were not for Lubo, they would have all moved out of the village by now. Who's Lubo? A brave man. Yes, and a good one. It is he alone who has been able to keep the other villagers from fleeing?
2: Oh, thank you very much for your information, Mrs. Getnick i think i'll go up to the village in the morning and see what i can find out from lubo i
5: see you're like the others mr mitchell what others those who did not believe in the curse like my husband so go ahead go to the village of dravna laugh at the curse of the castle and then one morning they will find you too dangling from the end of a chain
0: And on
2: that cheerful note, I leave Mrs. Gettnick. The next morning, I rent a car and head up through some rolling hills toward the village of Dravna. Two hours later, I come to the top of a rise. In the distance, perched on top of a mountain peak, I can see the castle and the village below it. I start down the rise, enjoying the peaceful view, and then things stop being peaceful all of a sudden. (laughs) shot blows out the front tire and my car starts careening down the grade. I fight for control a few seconds, but I'm getting nowhere. Then I spot a bank and I plow into it. I dive out of the car and start running across a meadow for cover. There's a clump of trees a hundred yards away. If I can make it, I'll be okay. Then another slug kicks up the dust two feet ahead of me. I try another direction. Again a shot ahead of me. I start running back to the car. This time the slug hits only a foot in front of me. The sniper's got me zeroed in and by this time I've got a healthy respect for his aim. So, I stand still and wait. Pretty soon, a slender figure starts down the hill toward me, wearing heavy boots and a leather jacket and carrying a rifle with a telescopic sight.
5: Don't move. What? Hey,
2: you're a girl.
5: Don't let that give you confidence. I shoot straighter than most men.
2: You're telling me. What's this all about? Turn around. Look, I've got no longing to be shot in the back.
5: I said turn around. If you don't, you'll get shot in the face. Maybe you'd like that better.
2: Brother, you're a determined little lady, aren't you? Okay, turn around, it is.
5: All right. Now, walk. Where to? Straight ahead. You will see where when the time comes. Move.
2: So, I move. She marches me up the road toward the village, much to my surprise. An hour later, I'm walking down the one and only street with the little sniper, shooter's rifle still in my back. And all the villagers lining the street staring at me. I don't like what I see in their faces either. Fear and suspicion. Finally, we get to a blacksmith shop at the end of the street. Inside, there's an old gent whacking away at a piece of metal and sitting on a crate in a corner, there's another man. Younger and very rugged looking, and right now he's giving me a very cold stare. The old gent stops hammering as soon as he spots us.
6: Oh, Magda, where have you been? I have been worried about
5: you. I have been on watching the hills, Grandpapa. And see what I have caught.
2: Who is this man, Magda? Look, I don't know what this is all about, but. Silence! Let Magda speak.
5: He is a stranger, and he was approaching the village. Oh, this is a
2: crime? Brother. You folks are really short on hospitality, aren't you? Uh,
6: evil things have been happening here in our village, stranger.
2: We want to know
6: about everyone
2: who comes here and why. So you send your granddaughter out to have a little target practice? Huh? Magda went without my knowledge.
6: My fiancée is devoted to the preservation of our village. Unfortunately, her zeal sometimes is greater than her sense.
5: But you, you yourself told me that... Wait a
6: minute. She uh, called you Lubo? That is my name. Why? And you're the
2: guy I came here to see. So? Who are you? Steve Mitchell. I do not recognize the name. Well, maybe you'll recognize these credentials of mine. You better take a look at them.
6: Mm. Yes, indeed, I do recognize them. We owe you an apology for our rudeness.
5: Lubo, I don't understand. Mr.
6: What... Mitchell is a representative of the United States, my dear. He is here to help us. Oh. I am sorry for the reception Magda gave you, Mitchell. With what has been happening here, our entire village is on edge.
2: Well, no harm done. Only I'd hate to have your fiance shooting at me if she really meant to hit me. I'll bet you're one guy who'll never step out of line.
6: Please, I... yes, I'm afraid I would not last long. But come, Mitchell, we will have a drink and I will tell you all I can about our trouble. <laughs>
2: The uh, whole village is pretty panicky, huh, Lubo?
6: Yes, I think they would all like to leave, but as long as there is
2: an ounce of strength in my body, they will not. Well, from the looks of you, there's more than an ounce. You're the one boy who's holding them together right now, I take it.
6: Well, they seem to look at me as a sort of
2: leader... Perhaps because I'm one of the few villagers who's been away to school. Look, what's your theory about what's happening? These guys getting hanged by chains. I've heard the curse of the castle, but... Mitchell,
6: I think that someone is using that legend, that curse, for his own purposes.
2: I see. Any idea who that might be?
6: Well, our relations with the neighboring country just over the mountains are not what one would call friendly.
2: We believe in freedom, they do not. I get it.
6: That mine is the symbol of our strength. I will keep it operating if I have to How are you going to operate
2: it if you don't have enough workers? I will continue to do as I have
6: done for the last month. Each time there is a murder, some of the mine workers quit and leave the village. So
2: I go down to the city and bring more workers up here. Men who are unafraid. Well, that's a good plan as long as you can keep finding new men. You know, I'd like to take a look at that castle. How do I find it? Follow (coughs) the trail up to the top of the mountain. You cannot miss it. Okay, I'll check with you later, Lubo. I head along the trail up the mountain to the castle It perches there on the ridge just like a giant vulture Overlooking the mountain pass between the two countries I push open a creaky metal door and go inside There are cobwebs all around the place And a couple of bats make passes at my head From the looks of the place It isn't hard to see why the villagers think it's haunted I start outside, then I freeze There's a faint sound, like a clank of metal. The pleasant picture of me hanging at the end of a chain suddenly flashes through my mind. I try to shake it off. Then I hear the clank again, and this time I know it isn't my imagination. I whirl around, but just then something hard wraps around my throat. I try to get my hands up to it, but I can't. It keeps getting tighter. Everything's swimming in front of my eyes. I try for one more breath, but I don't like it. The floor comes up at me fast and hits me right in the face.
4: Dave Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. You know, tomorrow can be a real nice day. The sun can seem shinier, the air can seem crisper, the grass can seem greener. And you can get more enjoyment out of living if you want to. Break into that day with a bowl full of Wheaties. That's what I said. Wheaties with milk and the kind of fruit you especially like. Or Wheaties with milk and no fruit. Or just Wheaties. You think that's going pretty strong on Wheaties? Well, not really, it isn't. Because Wheaties are whole wheat. And what a powerful lot of whole wheat Wheaties are. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's why a bowl full of Wheaties pops with so much high-stepping, day-brightening energy. Energy right after you get up from the breakfast table. Energy all morning long. Wheaties have it, and it's for you. Whole wheat goodness. Of course, you don't have to think about vitamins and minerals when you eat those Wheaties. Just pass that milk, fill that bowl, pull up a spoon, and get Wheaties happy. It's the easiest thing in the world to do, spooning into sunny, whole wheat Wheaties. Try them for an awfully nice start on that nicer day I've been talking about. Tomorrow, see for yourself how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Breakfast of champions. And that's a promise. Indeed it is.
5: Now,
1: back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell.
7: Dimitri, drag his body over here behind the wall. Very well. So, oh, he is starting to recover. Here are some papers I found in his pocket. Let me see them. Steve Mitchell, United States agent. What? Dimitri! What? How could we have known in the dark? Oh, oh, my throat. Mr. Mitchell. What? Who are you? Lieutenant Siska of the military. Military? Yes, My men and I are the border patrol here.
2: Wait a minute. Are you the guys who choked me a few minutes ago? A regrettable incident for which I apologize. Oh, great. Not again. Again? You people really make a guy who's trying to help you feel right at home. I am indeed sorry, but you
7: must understand that we are right on the border here. And with this situation as it is, we can take no
2: chances. Everyone found in the vicinity of the pass is under suspicion. Well, instead of half strangling me, you might have fired a shot over my head or something. I'd have been very happy to cooperate. No, a shot fired on the border is not good. From such things as that, an
7: incident can be manufactured. An incident which might be used as an excuse for an attack upon us. But, uh, come... In order to show you hold no
2: grudge against me, please, you must come back to the village and we drink together. eh? You know, that's a real quaint custom you've got in this country. First, you half kill a man, and then you buy him a drink. (laughs) Well, I'm in favor of the second part of it anyway. Let's go. The village looks pretty deserted, Lieutenant.
7: Yes, with this talk of the curse of the castle, everyone keeps to their own house at night, Mr.
2: Mitchell. Uh,
0: Lieutenant Siska.
2: Oh, it is Lubo and Magda.
5: Uh, come quickly. Where to? The grandfather's blacksmith shop.
6: Uh, what is the matter, Lubo? I do not know, Sisker. A moment ago, a small boy ran through the street screaming.
5: Screaming what? The blacksmith shop. The blacksmith shop, that's all his he said. Uh,
2: here we are. All dark. Hey, what's that sound? Here, yeah, I have a flashlight. There. But
5: there is no one here. Where is Grandpapa? Mitchell, look.
7: Overhead. What? Brother. Ooh, hanging from the rafter by a chain.
5: <laughs> Grandpapa. No, <laughs> Grandpapa. <laughs>
2: Lubo leads Magda away and Siska and I get the body down. By the time we get outside, the whole village is turned out. By torchlight, Lubo is trying his no, best to hold no, them together. You, you but it's easy village, to see he's fighting an uphill battle. Who
5: will they kill next? We huh? No superstitious fools, listen to me.
6: Whoever is murdering our people is doing it to disunite us. So we will not be able
5: to operate the mines. We are leaving now. We are leaving. No, no, do not go. Listen to me. Listen to me.
2: Well, I suppose we are beaten, Mitch. Most of the villagers took a powder, huh? As you saw. How many men do you figure are left in the village?
6: As far as I can tell those which I have brought to replace the villagers who fled after the other murders. Ah, well, in the morning I will go back down to the city and find more replacements. You're really all out on this deal, aren't you? Huh? Yes, I am, as you say, all out. Why? That is a good question, why indeed. Sometimes I wonder, how much is a dream worth? A dream? A dream of a small boy who grew up in this village... ...who saw great possibilities for a happy, peaceful, prosperous life for this village... A boy who went away to study, to learn, then came back here to help make that dream come true. I see. Uh, But what is the good of burdening you with my dreams? I want to go on... Mr. Mitchell.
2: Oh, Lieutenant Siska, what's the matter? Trouble.
7: What could be more trouble than we have already had, Siska? This. One of my men just returned from across the border on a scouting mission. He reports a large column of troops heading toward the pass. What? Yes. Yes, they should reach their entrance to the pass in two hours. And further, he says they are setting up artillery at the foot of the mountain on their side. The thing we have all feared has happened at last. We will be attacked, invaded. No! We may be attacked, yes, but invaded,
6: no. Have you of the colonel in the city, Siska? Yes, just now. He is dispatching a brigade of troops. They should arrive shortly after dawn. Then I will round up what men and weapons there are in the village... We will try to hold the pass and the castle against the enemy until our troops arrive.
2: How much further to the pass, Siska?
7: A hundred feet ahead of us is a point from which we can look down into it.
2: Brother, it really gets cold up here. Yes.
7: What time is it, Mr. Mitchell?
2: 4 a.m.
7: Already it is starting to get light. The enemy troops will probably arrive at their side of the pass in
2: another hour. Yeah, and your troops from the city won't be here for two more hours. I still don't see how Lubo and his boys can hold the pass till then.
7: Stop here and I think you will see. There. Now observe the pass. Anyone attempting to come through from the other side... must pass through the narrow part directly below us. A handful of men stationed here and in the castle above us... can prevent that passage, or at least delay it for several hours... With luck until our troops arrive. Yeah, I see it now. But speaking of the handful of men, where are they? Lubo must have taken them all to the castle. Come. He's probably giving them their orders. Then we will send some of them to the pass and keep the rest in the castle, which will serve as an
2: observation force. You know, you boys seem to have this deal pretty well worked
7: out. Oh, Lubo has
2: rehearsed it many times. Well, here we are. <clears throat> You know, this castle gets gloomier every time I see it. Ah, here are Lubo and his men.
6: Siska, Mitchell, I've been waiting for you.
2: Hey, you got a lot more weapons here than I figured rifles, machine guns, grenades. <laughs> you got the works. I've been collecting
7: them for some time. Yes, even I did not realize you had so much, Lubo. I.
2: What is the matter, Siska? You have made a mistake. Have I? Yeah, the machine guns. They're pointing the wrong way, towards your end of the past You're quite right. But let me assure you, this is no mistake. What? Luba, what do you mean? I'm afraid I get it. Too late. Too late indeed, Mitchell.
6: Fifth columnist?
7: Then all this time you've been working with our enemies. Your enemies, Iska. Uh, my friends. friends. You dirty, traitorous dog.
2: Well, it's a pretty neat deal, Luba. Every time you murdered a villager, several of them left in a panic. Then you went to the city and got your own stooges to replace them. Exactly.
7: You will not last long when our brigade of troops get up here, Lubo.
2: You
6: underestimate me. Up
7: in the tower of the castle is one of my men with radio equipment.
6: He's in contact with artillery on the other side of the mountain and will spot for them. As your troops pass, Siska, they will be cut to pieces by artillery fire. Got it all figured out, haven't you, Lubo? Completely, even to the fate of Siska and yourself. What do you mean? Observe the two lengths of chain on the floor near you. After you have had the dubious pleasure of watching a complete victory for my cause, both of you will be hanged from those chains, the curse of the castle, you know. Quite fitting, isn't it, gentlemen?
1: You will hear the conclusion of Dangerous
4: Assignment in just a moment. First, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. If you're a mother or a father with a warm spot in your heart for pink-cheeked, happy-eyed youngsters, here's something you should know. Good food builds good health, and Wheaties are good food. Now, I don't know what you've been doing about the breakfast for the kitties, but did you know there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake? With a sunny, wholehearted goodness of field-grown wheat in every flake? With a full strength of whole wheat vitamins, minerals, proteins in every flake? Well, it's true, whole wheat in all its richness. That's what you furnish when you fill the cereal bowl with Wheaties. Don't slip up. See that they get Wheaties. Crisp, sunshiny, good. Pour on the milk, put on the fruit, and know the youngsters are getting all that whole wheat can give. Do that now. Wheaties. Breakfast of
5: champions.
2: Well, along about now, I'm looking like a real poor insurance risk. According to Lubo, as soon as his artillery finishes blasting Siska's troops out of existence... Siska and I are due for the wrong end of a chain. Lubo and his boys are lined up at the windows waiting for the first sight of the brigade... leaving an armed guard stationed in front of the door, which leads up to the tower. And one look at that guard's face tells me he'd like nothing better... than to give that itchy trigger finger of his a workout in our direction.
7: Mr. Mitchell, what can we do? I'd sure like to get to that radio up in the tower. Yes, so we could warn our troops... But how can we do it? The door is ten feet
2: away from us,
7: and that guard would shoot us down the minute we started for it. Yeah, I know. I...
2: Wait a minute. What is it? Those lengths of chain on the floor near us, the one Lubo's reserved for us. What about them? One of them's only a couple of feet from me. Look, try to shield me from the guard's eyes while I get a hold of it. You, you think you can hit the guard with it from here? You got any better ideas? No, but Lubo I... and the others have their backs turned to us. It's our only chance. Did the guard see me take that step? No. Okay. I've got hold of the end of the chain now. When I yell, flatten yourself against the wall and I'll whip it at him. If it works, we dive for the door and bolt it behind us. Then we head for the tower. Very well. I'm ready. Now. You got him. Me, sir. Quick, inside the door. Yes. 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 Let's get it bolted, quick. All right. Yes sir. yes, sir. Open this door. Come on, up the stairs. We've got to work fast. Yeah. Luba and his men will break down the door. Yes. Yeah, I know. Take him a little while, though. Those doors are thick. Good. There's another door at the top here. I will close it.
7: What is it? What is the
5: matter?
2: Mitchell, the radio operator. Yep.
5: Wait, you're not to be here.
2: Hand over that walkie-talkie, Buster. No. Maybe this hammerlock will convince you. No. Stop. That's better. Now we can warn our troops. I got a better idea. What's the code name of your artillery, Buster. Come on, open up before your arm turns into a pretzel. Stop! It's Valley. Valley, huh? Okay, what's Luvo's code name? Hilltop. Please, my arm. Okay. Now,
7: Mitchell, he's
2: trying to smash the walkie-talkie. Yeah, 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 I got him. Oh! Okay, get on that walkie-talkie and call the artillery. Use the code names Valley and Hilltop. Uh, I don't understand. You will. Very well. Hilltop to Valley. Hilltop to Valley. Over.
4: Valley to Hilltop.
2: Go ahead. Now what? They've probably already got an initial range and deflection set on the guns. Tell them to fire one salvo. What? That's right. I want to see where it lands.
7: Oh, I hope you know what you are doing, Mr. So do Mitchell. So Hilltop to Valley. Fire one salvo at initial setting.
2: Listen, Lobo and his boys must have broken down the first door. They're heading up the stairs. Yes.
7: Take care. Open up. I'm sorry, Lobo. What
6: are you doing in there?
2: There's your answer, Lobo. The salvo landed just below the pass, on our side. Okay. Give him this correction, Siska. Down a thousand yards, left about three mils. Down a thousand, left three. Oh, Mr. Mitchell, do you realize what you are doing? Sure, I'm zeroing in that artillery onto this castle.
6: I can hear you, Mitchell. You are just blubbing.
2: Am I? Send the correction, Siska. But we may be killed if the salvo hits the castle. We're going to be dead anyway as soon as they break down that door. This is our only chance to scare them away. Send the correction. he tap to valley. Down one
7: thousand, left three, over. Very to hilltop. Down one thousand, left three, received.
2: Listen, Luba's heading downstairs. I guess he got it through his head. I wasn't bluffing. Okay, get down on the floor, Cisco, and try to shield that walkie-talkie as much as you can.
7: Mitchell, this is insane. You're telling me.
2: But just lying here waiting for the salvo to land. You might try a few prayers while you're waiting. Hold on. Hold Mitchell, Mitchell, are you all right? Yeah, just shaking up. I'm going to take a look out the window. Zavo hit the base of the castle, Cisco, and it sounds like it hit a few of Lubo's boys, too. Look, there goes Lubo running for that jeep. Yeah, I guess he's the only one that didn't get hit. Mitchell, he's heading for the road, which leads down the other side of the mountain. Yeah, and us without even a slingshot. He will get away. Hey, a rifle shot. Lubo is hit. Oh, brother, right over the side of the mountain. Well, I guess that's the end of Lubo. Yes, But where did the shot come from? Look, kneeling beside the pass down there. Hmm? There's your answer.
7: Why? It is
2: Magda. <clears throat> yeah, Lubo's girl, or I should say ex-girl. Looks like she finally tumbled to him.
7: Yes, he killed her grandfather and betrayed her country.
2: She killed him. Pretty fitting. But Mr. Mitchell will be not out of trouble yet. Well, I think with us spotting for that artillery, there's not much chance that they'll hit your troops. Matter of fact, if you wanted to be real cruel about it, you might arrange to have them drop a few shells on their own troops. I think that'd slow up the advance until your boys get to the pass. Yes.
7: Yes, I think that might be arranged. So, the traitor Lubo did not have the victory he
2: planned. No, I guess not. You see, Lubo thought he had everything figured out, but he ran into one thing nobody can figure out you mean your strategy no I mean a woman
1: Starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music composed by Basil Adlam and conducted by Ralph Hollandeck. And is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Dangerous Assignment will again be heard Wednesday, September 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. <laughs> Dangerous Assignment came to you from Hollywood. Gildersleeves here with more good times on NBC.
5: Welcome
0: back. Well, it has to be said that Steve Mitchell's greatest strength is just his pure guts when the chips are down. He takes two gutsy attempts in a row, with the big one being having their own position shelled. It's a game of chicken, and he won. I love the villain demanding that Steve open the door. Now, of course, to be fair to the program, this isn't the only series that that happens to. But it's always funny when villains, you know, knock on the door and say, open this door! You know, after it's been clear that they're going to kill the hero. It's like, why? Why do you think that that's going to do anything? Of course, Steve had some heroic silliness at the end. After our villain was killed by his girlfriend... Steve suggested that his being done in are the one thing no one can figure out, a woman. Now, I will say that there are times when, as men, we all do have moments where we don't understand why women are reacting in a specific way, in a specific situation. That part is true. But this is not one of those situations. I mean, unless uh, Lubov was trying to gaslight her to the very end, his last thought was not, What did I do? His last thought would probably be, Oh, she found out. I think that this reaction was completely understandable. So, Steve's line was not apt. Still a pretty fun episode. Listener comments and feedback now, and uh, we have a comment on YouTube from Turk Link, who writes regarding the episode administered Little White Pill Antidote, I'm sorry the guard was executed, but I'm really sorry that the brother-in-law was not a reoccurring character. He was a hoot. Thanks for bringing this great fluff. Well, thanks so much, Turquoise Link. Uh, Of course, if the brother-in-law from that episode was included, this would essentially become The Man Called X. And if you like having that sort of character around every week, uh, you may want to check that out. That is available on YouTube. It's one of our series playlists. And our full archive of that series, which we were doing till about six months ago, is available on all the podcast stores, or you can find it over at biglist.greatdetectives.net. Now, it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to James, Patreon supporter since March of 2020, currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support. And that will do it for today. A reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast or Follow the podcast using your favorite podcast software, including Stitcher, Spotify, or the Apple Podcast app. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, mark that notification bell to make sure you never miss a new episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment, but listen tomorrow for Follow Vance, where...
8: This is Attorney Markham speaking. Oh, is this? Oh. Uh, hello, dear. Sorry, force have it on the phone. Besides, how was I to know it was my wife?
5: You mean you couldn't tell by my ring? I'm surprised at you.
8: Well, it's about time somebody was surprised at me and not at Philo Vance, as people usually are. It's been giving me an inferiority complex. Thank you for nipping it, darling. Now, what do you want? Nothing. Just thought perhaps you were working so hard you'd lost track of the time. It's 11.30. It is? Wow, oh, I did lose track of it, all right. I had so many things to clear up down here at my office that I... What's the trouble? Uh, someone's at the door, I think. I'll call you back, Edith. All right. But don't work too hard, please. Goodbye. Bye, dear. I'm coming. Uh, hey. Thanks. Goodness, I found you in. Easy now. You helped me. You hurt pretty bad. Put your arm around my shoulder. That's it. Now, let's get over to this chair. There. Ah, who are you and what happened to you? I've been shot. Uh, I'd better call a hospital. You wait right here while I get the phone. Don't bother, Markham. I'll never live till the ambulance gets here. Hold your head up while... I know. It can't be. I faced... surprise, you, didn't it? I should say it did. You're the image of Philo Vance.
6: I know. That's why they
0: killed me. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham,
8: signing off.